Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast, and I am your humble and gracious host, Shy Horn. And on today's short episode, I want to ask a question. Um, well, not ask a question, but I want I want to give an answer to a particular uh, question, right? Uh, for the past couple of days, I've been engaging on YouTube, not on YouTube, but on Facebook. Um, apparently, the state of Texas is going to go vote and get slavery removed from textbooks and change it to uh, involuntary relocation, right? And so me being me, I didn't. I looked at it and I said, well, I don't really have an issue with that because at the end of the day, unless you told me that the internet is going to wipe clean uh, the word slavery, if it's going to wipe clean uh, American slavery, then I would have an issue with that. But if you're just telling me that some textbooks are going to change the word from slavery to involuntary relocation, I don't have an issue with that, right? So obviously, um, some people didn't agree. Um, well, technically, nobody agreed, <laughs> right? Because they looked at it as a situation of me feeling like that well if i if if you allow for the powers that be to take away the word slavery from the textbooks then that could lead to a multitude of other different things now i've been a staunch uh proponent that i do not care about crt i do not care about critical race theory because at the end of the day my thing has been this if you truly care about these particular things then it's your job your duty as a parent a guardian or whatever. If you want your child to learn about black history in this particular country, you take time out to do it. In most cases, children are out for two entire months of summer, right? A lot of times, if they're not involved in any sports activities or anything like that, you got two months for them to continue to do somewhat like homework. You have books that you can buy. You have YouTube videos they can watch. You have a multitude of other resources at your disposal. They can teach children uh, critical race theory. Now, obviously, the the kickback would be, well, it, it, does, it does no good if only black children learn about it. White children need to learn about it, too, as well. And... I can agree with that, right? I can agree with that. But at the end of the day, what you're doing, which I talked about this in another podcast, is you're opening the door for every ethnic group in the world to say, well, we all need critical race theory. So then it gets down to a point of what you have now, which is bits and pieces of history, not actual true history being told in 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 reference that it that it you know, reference that it needs. And so you cause more confusion. And so you put, so history becomes the overbearing subject in school, subsiding um, mad science, right? So that's, so that's, that's my kind of thing because it's like, you're not just going to create CRT for black people, um, for black children or for black people to appease black people and then think the other ethnic groups that, by and large, are, you know, gaining more and more political control in this particular country and think that they're not going to get their own as well, right? So that's my biggest issue with it. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, the question came up, and I basically said that a lot of people, a lot of people way smarter than me, are using slavery as a, as a crutch to tell black people that, hey, slavery... It's still affecting you to this day, right? 
still affecting you to this day. There's certain laws and certain regulations and things like that that were put out by slavery that are still affecting you to this day. And I believe it was Dr. Thomas Sowell, uh, his rebuttal um, to people that talk like that is that if that was the case, how did large groups of black people post not even a full generation away from slavery go out and do the things that they were able to do? We got Tulsa, um, which obviously we understood what happened with that, but let's not focus so much on the tragedy, and let's not even just focus so much on the Black Wall Street aspect of it. Let's focus on the fact that these people are not even a generation removed from slavery, and look at what they did. Look at the strides that they made. So you're telling me that the people who are not even a generation removed from slavery if they had trauma, let's just let's just say that they did. Let's just say they were impacted by they still had slavery trauma and they did that. Right. How can you tell someone that's not applying themselves, that's not doing anything? How can you say the reason that you're not motivated, the reason that you're not doing nothing is because of slavery, because there are rules and things that are holding you back when we know for a fact during that particular time period, you had places where black people could not go. You had instances in which there were towns that black people could not be in after after the sun went down. You had all these particular other obstacles standing in, in, in the face of black people, and they persevered. But now you're telling me when you got more resources readily available to you to be all you can be, still in a, a phrase from the military, you're going to tell me? that the reason they're not doing it is because of unresolved trauma from slavery that has traveled through their DNA that is forcing them to not utilize situations. I don't buy that. Now, one of the interesting things about this particular discussion is I'm discussing it with the with 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 individuals and by and large I know what their rebuttal is going to be because if I had just left my knowledge base at learning what they learned, then we'd be in the same boat. I know your rebuttal. And one of the things about the rebuttal is, is the rebuttal that a person gives to me when I say something like this, is that because one particular instance, um, it was a guy who basically told me that, he didn't have a problem with his his issue wasn't with slavery. His issue was basically with the Jim Crow era um, and blacks not being able to accumulate wealth from 1865 to 1970. And I agree. I'm more concerned about the Jim Crow era than I am with slavery. In the reality of the situation, I am, too. However. To say that black people were not able to amass wealth between 1865 and 1970 is a fallacy. And it's one of those type of fallacies that continues to get perpetuated. Now, when I called him on this particular fallacy, he changed his tone and he basically said, well, yeah, there were some blacks that were able to accumulate wealth. However, there were certain government programs that blacks were not allowed to be involved in and that caused, um, you know, this, can, this, this creates this perpetual wealth gap. And I said, it's quite interesting, right? Now, the interesting thing about it, I'm not trying to make myself seem smart like I know everything but like I'm saying I love to share things that I've read I really do I'm not I'm not taking credit for something because I this is not something that I just 
I theorized or I just came up with. Like, no, I, I read this information. So I told him, I said, if you really understood how the wealth gap was compiled, you would realize that there's not a wealth gap. Because what you're doing in many instances is you're taking, and I don't even want to just say white. We'll just say you're taking a two-parent household, and they have two children. And let's just say both parents are college-educated, making good money. And then on the other hand, you have a single mother that may have two or three children. Now, if you're comparing these two entities, there's going to be a wealth gap, obviously. So when we talk about our community, the black community, and there's an excess of 70 plus percent of children born um, are, are in homes with single female headed homes. And obviously you're going to see obviously you're going to see a wealth gap because you're comparing you're not comparing single mothers to single mothers. You're throwing it in a box and you're saying, OK, well, this is this and that is that you're comparing apples to oranges. But you're presenting it as if it's an apples to apples statement. Right. So that's that's the wealth gap catch, right? And so again, when I talked about when he when he say government programs and things that black people were not able to um, participate in, most notably the GI Bill, when many black men and women, well, many black men returned from war and not able to um, get involved in these particular programs and stuff like this. It did not stop black people from building homes. Right? Not stop black people from building homes. I read the color of law. In many instances, they had in deeds where people were not allowed to sell homes to black people. And if they did sell them, they turned around and they sold the home at a higher price. But what happens when you sell it at a higher price? Then that means that the homes around it, the value of those particular homes start to go up as well. So while you pay more money for the home, that the the home is not going to devalue in many instances. And my whole thing was is that we don't talk about instances in which black people walked away from wealth or chose not to um continue wealth from black people having parents that may have passed away and they have homes and they have land and instead of looking for ways to uh, cultivate that land and do something to make that land profitable, you turn around and you sell it. Same things with homes. You turn around and you sell it. So if you're giving wealth away and you're not talking about that, the one-sided argument is going to continue to be, well, there's a massive wealth gap. But if you're not bringing up instances in which they're giving, and when we're giving away homes, and again, like I said, this is not a one-size-fits-all type of issue because there are instances in which black people were deprived of wealth straight up and down. But the thing of it is, is that that's not it's, it's presented in such a way that the people that were able to make a way out of no way, they were lucky. Right. They were lucky. And. The majority did not have those particular opportunities. So let's just say the ones that made it were lucky. And then let's include the ones that walked away from the wealth. Right. And so what do we have at the end of the day? We don't have this 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 large all encompassing um, 
the world is the world is 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 crumbling around us, right? And so, I mean, that's just that was just the conversation that that was being had. Like I said, get back to the original topic. I don't have a problem with that. I would have a problem again if they were going to wipe the internet clean of any inkling of you know history in reference to American slavery. And I also will have an issue if it's a situation in which when I spoke about Meta um, and them having the ability to simulate um, events in history and if the engineers and the, and the programmers and things like that, if they're lying about particular instances, I have a bigger issue with that because you understand that Video games or alternate reality are things that are getting major, major pushes and are going to be things that are going to be adopted moving forward because it could be looked at as a cost-saving alternative to such things as textbooks amongst other particular different things like that, right? So the issue should be more so with making sure that there are accurate, accurate accounts of these particular different into issues more so than getting emotional and upset about changing the word slavery to, um, I forgot what it was called, just the uh, involuntary relocation, right? You know, but again, that's just me, right? But anyway, that's another episode. I'll be back to you again next week. Peace.